Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number four of Heading North. My name's Nick, and if you would like to know more about Heading North, head over to headingnorthpodcast.com. This episode is going to revolve solely around the principles of leave no trace. Whether you're on the trail in your backyard or out in just open country, leave no trace and its principles are huge. If you want to really get to know more about the leave no trace program and the research that goes into it, you can head over to lnt.org. That's lnt.org. And I'll leave that link in the show notes for you as well. But there's a lot of great information on leaving no trace and preparing yourself for a trip, hike, camping, anything like that in order to make sure that you don't leave a huge footprint uh, in the wake of where you are out in nature. Reason why I wanted to do this and, and have this be in the first season is because it's very important for outdoor recreation that we don't destroy where we go. Um, you know, we want to make sure that these places are around for our kids, their kids, and, and even longer than that, just like they are for us. And um, I don't think this is going to surprise anyone, but we're losing a lot of our nature. We, we can't afford to lose anymore. So, you know, bear with me here. Let's listen in and, and see uh, ways that we can make sure that we don't destroy the things around us. Right now, Leave No Trace is broken up into seven principles. And these principles aren't static. The Leave No Trace, I think it's an organization, is constantly doing research and finding ways and fine-tuning this to make sure that we're not destroying nature. So it is changing from what I've seen and over the past few times I've looked at this just as I was getting ready for a trip or just making sure that I wasn't causing any issues, it hasn't changed. So, um, you know, they are doing research and keep in mind that these plans could change if you're listening to this down the road and, and um, realize that there's something different in there. So like I said, there's seven principles that go into Leaving No Trace. This was a little bit different than what I even learned in Boy Scouts way back in the day, but um, Leave No Trace even there was super important. But the seven uh, principles are plan ahead and prepare, travel and camp on durable surfaces, dispose of waste properly, leave what you find, minimize campfire impacts, respect wildlife, and be considerate of other visitors. So over the next half hour or so, I want to kind of dive into each of these and talk a little bit about my own personal views on these and reasons why I agree um, on a lot of these principles. And then uh, hopefully you guys can get out into nature and respect it and take care of it and leave it sometimes even better than you, you uh, found it. Principle number one is plan ahead and prepare. Now, if you are going on a hike, camp, canoeing trip, anything outdoor recreation, you should be planning ahead anyway. A lot of times when I go on trips, especially to Disney, I'm very much a wing it outside of a general schedule, planes, hotel, transportation, stuff like that. I like to wing it. But when I'm going out in nature, I always plan ahead. I make sure I have the right gear, everything like that. When you're planning a trip ahead as far as leaving no trace, the reason why it's important is that you, you kind of ensure the safety of your group and yourself. It prepares you to minimize resource damage. It actually even helps contribute to accomplishing the trip's goal itself and making it enjoyable. And it'll increase your confidence a little bit, especially if you're unsure about getting out on a trail or an overnight campsite where you had to hike out, stuff like that. So Leave No Trace gives uh, seven elements to consider when planning a trip. You got to identify and record your goals of your trip. That way you have them written down. You know what they are. You identify the skill and the ability of the trip of the trip's participants. Um, this one's huge because like I've talked about, I think on episode two, if you're not prepared, you're not able to do it. You should be honest with yourself and decide not to. 
kind of leads into the fact that you need to gain knowledge of the area you plan to visit. You can call managers of uh, local lands, uh, parks, any state park rangers, stuff like that. Uh, you can look at maps, find literature. Uh, we have this great tool called Google. Even using all trails like I will preach over and over again is a level of preparation to get yourself ready and know where you're going to be. That way you know how to get out if you get lost. You know where resources are, even if it's just a bathroom or uh, first aid, anything like that. That way you can stay as safe as possible possible in your trip and really enjoy it. You want to plan your activities and you want to make sure that they match what your goals are for the overall trip that you're taking and make sure that they are in tune with your ability and your skill set to make sure that you're going to enjoy it one, two, not get hurt, lost, or even worse. Some of the biggest things to consider and leave no trace because it could even uh, change the uh, surfaces that you're traveling on is uh, weather and terrain. So um, really you want to see what you're going on, if it's going to be sand, dirt, stuff like that, because not only are you going to prepare the right footwear, the right clothing and the right equipment, you're also going to make sure that you can physically travel on it for the weather that you're going to be in. I know a lot of places if it just came out of a rainy week, well, half of the trail is blocked by a river that forms based off of water coming down the mountainsides. So this is definitely something important to look at and also look at private land boundaries because you don't want to one go into hunting land or just private property without permission and you also want to make sure that you know what's going to be ahead of you. Some big things to anticipate are food consumption. Uh, leftovers create waste and can leave trace, especially if you're in bear country. Uh, those are big things to look at. You also want to make sure you know the hiking speed of your group. If you guys are going on a hike or kayaking, canoeing speed, that way you know how much cover or ground you can actually cover in a day. And you got to look at your group size as it pertains to leaving no trace in the sense that you got to figure out how to take the waste out from all of the people that you have with you. So these all kind of go into the greater principle that is planned ahead. If you are going on any type of outdoor recreational expedition or trip, uh, travel, whether you're planning on leaving no trace or not, which you should, you need to plan ahead. I will express this over and over again. Nature is beautiful, but out in the wilderness, especially when you're going off trail, it can be very dangerous and you need to know what you're doing and you need to be prepared. Moving forward, when you want to leave no trace, a big step is to camp and travel and hike on durable surfaces. This kind of falls back to knowing the train that you're going to be on as we were talking about that with planning ahead. When you're traveling on trails, these are land management agencies who construct these trails and they provide a stable ground. I would recommend on those trails especially to stay on those trails as traveling off can cause erosion, can slowly divert that trail line and stuff like that. Staying on trail on an already created footprint is a good way to make sure that you're not destroying nature. Also, make sure you're going to get where you're going or at least make it a little bit easier for you. But when you're traveling off trail, uh, especially, you really need to look at the durability of the ground that you're walking on. Some very durable sources are going to be things like rock, gravel, sand. These won't wear away as fast as plant and vegetation. So knowing what you're walking on and making sure that you're conscious of that is a great way to reduce reduce your footprint when out in nature. Now, when it comes to knowing the durability and having these areas, things to avoid and things you can walk on, when you're on ice and snow, obviously you do have those risks of sliding, tripping, getting cold, anything like that, getting your uh, feet wet. They are an effective way to travel. It's a temporary surface. So walking on them can cause melting, stuff like that, and cause other critters to use those trails as it's easier to cross the areas that you have in a already preset trail or that you've made through the snow. But when you're doing this, you want to make sure that you're on a sufficient amount of 
snow. So if you walk off trail and it's an inch of snow, you're still going to compress the wildlife that is laying underneath of that snow and it could be an issue. But as long as you are getting a good amount of depth above, especially if you're going to need snowshoes or Nordic skis just across them, it's a great way to travel. You just need to make sure that you're not going on exponentially thin piece of snow because you aren't actually protecting the land underneath. A big thing to look for is what vegetation is out there. Sometimes, you know, things like grass, other items that are ground cover like that, moss at times are very durable and can withstand being walked on. Even though if you can avoid it, I would. If you're walking through a group of ferns, when you step on those, you're going to kill those plants and they could not come back. So it's it's a huge thing that you can do to just make sure that you know what you're walking on. When it comes to muddy areas and stuff like that, you need to keep in mind that these footprints will last in mud. It creates pretty much a casting of your boot or shoe that you're using when you walk through them. And that stays. Uh, It's the same reason why trackers are able to track animals multiple days past as long as no rain or anything like that is common was able to cover a uh, close to the surface imprint. So make sure that you're paying attention to that. If you can step on rocks in muddy areas, I personally would like to anyway, because I want to get wet and muddy. When it comes to camping itself, you want to first look for a high use area. This is the best way to know that you're not creating more of a footprint out in the wilderness and out in nature, but you are using the footprint that's already there. It's good to avoid camping close to water and trails, not just for the footprint of, or reducing footprint, but also because it keeps you safe from predators. You want to make sure that you're at least 200 feet or 70 adult steps away from water's edge and access routes for uh, wildlife. And make sure that you're following the regulations. This falls into um, your plan ahead where you know if you're on private property, make sure you're following regulations on using these campsites as well. You don't want to get woken up in the middle of the night because you're in the wrong place or just be in a place that they're trying to rehabilitate because it's been used so much. When camping in undisturbed remote areas, which remote areas are going to be very much out in these pristine remote places, you want to make sure that you're not leaving a trace of the fact that you were there because you want to make sure that someone else can enjoy it in the way that you have. In this situation, it's best to spread out tents and and avoid uh, repetitive traffic routes. So not taking the same path to where you go to the bathroom every time or to an overlook that you want to look off of that's right by the campsite. It's also good to uh, move your camp every night. So if you have a 500 foot area that you can camp in, instead of staying in that same spot, move 100, 200 feet to a different direction to make sure that you're not compressing the vegetation and the ground around you and destroying that natural habitat. And no matter what, you always want to make sure that you're staying 200 feet away from water or any trailheads, anything like that. And when you're out on the trail and you're out camping, you always want to make sure you have food, uh, toiletries, stuff like that. So you need to make sure that you dispose of these things and other waste properly. In Scouts, we called it a what you take in, you take out policy. Pretty much anything that you bring out with you has to come back with you and be disposed of in human waste containers, uh, trash cans, dumpsters, anything like that so that they're not being left out in nature. We all know plastics can last thousands of years. So if we leave even a plastic baggie or or a wrapper from a from a candy then you could really be doing damage and causing lasting effects on that area Let's slow down and face the reality that when we're out in nature, there's a lot of things you might want to bring with you, whether you find a cool stone or a neat plant, a piece of bark, even antlers. A great decision when you're out in the wilderness is to leave what you find. And this isn't limited to just not taking things out of the area you're in with you. This also leaves down to minimizing site alterations. One big thing that a lot of people don't know, when you see these cool little stones stacked out in the middle of the woods because someone who was hiking through decided to make one of these, what they call call Native American monuments or other things. I'm sure that they call different things in different areas. Those can actually be detrimental to the area around it. It can cause extra erosion. It could change just any other natural habitat or resource of that area. So changing
using these things, even if you want to build a wall, building a fireplace, anything like that, it's not necessarily a good idea. In this, you also want to avoid damaging live trees and plants. So even carving your initials in a tree can have lasting effects on that tree, especially based on the size of it. Same thing with plants. If you're trying to cut plants down to make your campsite larger or get through an area that isn't necessarily a clear-cut trail, these are all things that are included within Leave What You Find. Pretty much leave the area the way you found it. I think that's the best way to kind of explain this principle within the greater Leave No Trace uh, saga here. And as I was talking about minimizing campfires, it's actually the next principle principle number five. And one of the biggest questions you need to ask yourself when you're out in nature is, should I build a fire? The biggest decider on this question itself is considering if you use a fire, is it going to potentially damage uh, this area that I'm in? Again, a lot of these leave no trace guidelines are kind of based off of being out in the backcountry, but also can be used in your backyard, out in your nature preserve or a local park. You also need to make sure that you're looking at what the fire danger is at the time of year. Up where I am in Minnesota, there are Smokey the Bear signs everywhere that tell you what the potential is for fire damage. I know on the western side of Lake Superior, we don't get a lot of the rain because the lake itself's winds blow everything towards the Wisconsin side, the eastern coast of Lake Superior, and it causes us to have a lot more risk of fire, forest fire, than it does that our eastern uh, than it does our eastern neighbors. Always make sure in your planning step if there are any restrictions for the areas you're in. Also, is there a sufficient amount of wood so its removal won't be noticeable? If you are going to be taking all the wood from that area, it is going to be noticeable. It's going to change where you are. If there's an existing fire ring, that's your first go-to is just to make sure that you aren't making a new one or causing a new fire burn within the ground. Also, maybe learn how to use a, a mound fire. Constructing a mountain fire can accomplish a lot of things. You need a, a garden trowel or a small shovel. You can even use your hands if you need to. Um, you also need a large stuff sack and a ground cloth or pa- plastic garbage bag to make sure that you can take out what you're burning. So that is something that you would have to take with you. You can also bring a fire pan. They have a lot of extendable fire pans that fold up into smaller areas. And what this does is it makes it so you're not physically burning the ground underneath the fire. Now, when it comes to cleaning up after you have created a fire, here's a few things that you can do to make sure that you're not leaving any of it behind. When getting your firewood, you want to make sure that you're not using or you're checking uh, standing dead or alive trees because birds and other animals use them for shelter. That's a huge thing that you can do to make sure that you're not destroying the habitat for these animals that are in the area you're in. Also, make sure you're not stripping branches from standing uh, trees, sometimes even fallen trees. But honestly, if you do need it, make sure that you're using a fallen tree, something that isn't green and doesn't have a noticeable home for any animals. You absolutely want to avoid cutting or breaking branches off of live trees and make sure that you're using small pieces of wood no larger than the diameter of an adult wrist that way you're not using these big logs that can later biodegrade and help fertilize the land around it or become a home for insects and other animals now when you actually have the fire and going back into the cleanup section you want to make sure that you burn all the wood to white ash Grind, you can even grind down small coals, stuff like that, to make sure that it spreads everything out and can be blown away. And you want to make sure that you thoroughly soak all contents of the burnt fire to make sure that you aren't going to start another fire or it's not going to spread. And then you want to replace the soil where you created that fire. I think one good thing to do as well is to make sure that you scatter unused wood just to keep the area looking as natural as possible.
In my opinion, the most important principle and ideology of Leave No Trace is respect wildlife. The biggest thing here, this falls back on the 200 feet away from waterways, is you don't want to restrict their access to water. Also, loud noises and fast movements can stress animals out, whether it's a deer, squirrel. You notice when you're running down a trail, all of a sudden the squirrel takes off running because he's afraid of you. Well, guess what? You are making an impact on that animal and on the wildlife in the area that you're in. So you want to make sure that you're traveling quietly, not at some erratic pace or flailing around. So one big thing that is even a pet peeve for me on the hiking trail, playing music, not on headphones. If you want to listen to music and use headphones, that's your choice. I personally want to listen to nature. But don't go walking around with music playing on your phone or on a Bluetooth speaker at the campsite. If you're going to do it, I get it. I like to bring a ukulele with me. I play softly and just kind of enjoy the area that I'm in. I'm probably a victim of, not a victim, but an issue when it comes to making noise on the trail. So that is something that I need to work on with my ukulele playing. Another big thing when it comes to respecting wildlife is observe from afar. Don't chase after them, get too close, feed them because these things will alter the way they do things. If you feed a bear too much, it becomes a nuisance bear and it has to be put down. If you feed a deer too much, well guess what? It's going to come back to an area where it can easily be killed and it becomes unfair to that animal in best hunting practices. You could even just scare an animal away from coming back to a place that it has come to for years to feed, to breed, or anything like that. So you want to make sure that you are observing from afar. Think of every animal you're observing as a lion. You don't want to get too close because that lion is going to kill you. You want to make sure that you are far enough away that you can enjoy it and see it and experience the wonder of this natural creature, but not disturb it. When you come across a sick or wounded animal, the biggest thing to keep in mind is, is they can still bite, fight back, scratch or any other items of things so it can be very dangerous to you yourself i can tell you right now if you get too close to a deer if it's still alive after being hit it will do everything in its power to protect itself and they're strong so even a herbivore can harm you just because it's not a predator does not mean that when it is harmed or injured or sick that it will not fight back and protect itself and just remember that you're in their home so they deserve the respect it's just like if you go to a friend's house you're going to respect your friend's house you need to respect their home and make sure that you're not doing things to to harm them or really take them out of a comfort zone or the safety that they feel they have in that natural space. And lastly, you need to be considerate of other visitors. Keep in mind, these people that you come across on the trails, whether you're hiking on the Appalachian Trail and you meet up with another person doing a through hike, or you're out at a, a town park and there are other people enjoying the area around you, this even falls down to playing loud music. Respect the people around you because you are in that space to make sure that you can enjoy the resources and the nature that is around you. So you want to do the same for them. In making noise or being disrespectful to the others around you, you aren't leaving a trail you are leaving a trace. You are leaving a noticeable memory for someone who isn't trying to enjoy this natural space, whether it's backcountry or in your backyard. That's about it as far as leave no trace. I can't stress enough to you how if you are going out in the outdoors, if you're doing any level of outdoor recreation, camping, hiking, kayaking, canoeing, anything in between, make sure that you are going in with the intention of leaving no trace. Make sure that you're taking out waste that you bring in. Make sure that you aren't just bushwhacking through areas and destroying natural habitats. Make sure you're not feeding or disturbing the animals animals that are around you. Thank you so much though, guys, for listening in. If you guys liked anything you heard on this podcast, make sure you head over to www.headingnorthpodcast.com or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Heading North Podcast. And if you want to support what I'm doing here with Heading North Podcast, you can head to www.patreon.com forward slash Heading North Podcast. <laughs>